The Robert Scott Bell Show podcast is brought to you by Trinity School of Natural Health and Nutritional Frontiers. Learn more at trinityschool.org and nutritionalfrontiers.com. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, here we are. It is The Robert Scott Bell Show. We're opening up a little bit differently today because Robert came up with this great idea as we were going, what are we going to do for Sunday? And Robert says, you could interview me. I think I'm regretting this. I said, I've got nipples. Can you milk me, Greg? Uh, <laughs> That's why I'm nervous about this. Yeah, That's so I was like, conversation in a different way. Why not? Why not? I mean, we could do that. So, do you, I, have, do you have a list of questions? This is I like did some show. At, I did some show prep. I had to actually some narrow some things down here. Unlike so me, I've got ten qu- ten questions for Robert Scott Bell. Ten questions, and, and these are going to be things. You know, actually, before we do this, yeah, it is Sunday. Yes, it is. Um, it it's is morning. A- it's morning for a lot of people, at least in in two time zones. Yes. Uh, and so why don't we, why don't we jump into the Robert Scott Bell time machine and let's start the show off in a way that we haven't done in a really long time. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell show. Good morning, Vietnam. Rising, shining, wakey, waking. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. To you and you and you, Robert Scott Bell. When did we use that? Oh, that was back in the day. We because that we was, have, we didn't have a morning show. I mean, we're one o'clock Eastern on Sundays. I remember. Well, you did on Sundays, but it was it was it was uh, it was morning for some people. Anyway, so we played that. It that used to fun. be a morning show. Yeah. yeah. So that was our morning show stager that we used. to Nice play find. Was. I didn't know yeah. we still had that one. I didn't either until just a little bit ago. No, I actually, first, I found, it, before you start asking me questions, yes. it is Thanksgiving Day weekend. It uh, is. The vitamin G, gratitude, all of that. We had a great, great weekend. And again, I'm still celebrating your amazing uh, daughter's wedding. I just, I'm so excited that that went so well because, yeah. uh, you know, I remember all the months and months and months of preparation into that. And we had a great, uh, just this, you know, the holiday weekend, beautiful uh Friends coming on over and, and great food, and I'm still eating leftovers here at Sunday, and there's still some stuff left, especially the desserts oh, that kept on coming. Dude, yeah, we had Thanksgiving. Well, basically, it was Thanksgiving dinner was the, the food that, that Laura wanted for mm-hmm. her wedding. So, I mean, it was turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, you know, the whole deal. Um, yeah. And so we had, we had that for the wedding, and then we had that for uh, Thanksgiving. My yeah. sister... Uh, and my brother-in-law came over, and so we just reheated everything, and we had Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. and then we had Thanksgiving dinner again that that night because we had an early Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. So then we had it again for the you know like ten o'clock at night. We're like we're hungry, so we just heated heat up some more. And then yesterday we boiled the uh, whole turkey carcass mm-hmm. and Make made turkey, turkey stock and made yeah. turkey noodle soup, and I just nice. like can put up containers of that up and stuff. So. It's the gift there. that We're keeps on there. giving. I've got Ziploc bags of, of turkey. 
Wow. I'm just throwing in the freezer. Yeah. You have uh, them for later. Yeah. We ha- also had, because it was my wife's birthday before Thanksgiving, she made a key, uh, ch- an organic cheesecake and she's gotten so good over the years at this thing. I mean, mm. it's just like, oof. And then my daughter made a raspberry sauce from our ra- garden raspberries from the summer that we had frozen. Just spectacular balance. And uh, it was, just, you know, it's still, still going down good. Uh, in the meantime, I, oh yeah. And I, and I went to the gym yesterday morning, uh, you know, kind of work off the whatever, the, you know, all the stuff. And I thought I'd like, I think I'd beaten Kiki for the champion chow of the week. Right. I had 105 reps. She had 101 or something like that. And, and, uh, <clears throat> getting, don't get, you know, a little ahead of yourself. Cause she came in after me on Saturday and she whooped me. I'm like, ah. darn that Kiki. She's a beast. So I have to take the old man champion thing and, and I can't take the, the grand champion thing. Don't get cocky thing. kid. Right. Exactly. It was right. one of those things. It was so funny. Cause I was like, yeah, she's not going to come in. I think I can claim winning, winning this week. And then she comes in and slays it. But Hey, that's the fun we have uh, at the gym. It's good camaraderie. Really. The people that come there are really fun and they tolerate me making fun of their food. <laughs> Talking <laughs> about how people eat. There's one lady that, that ordered all of her food from the cracker barrel. For Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure it tasted good, but yeah. I'm like, I don't know if she knows to counteract all the glyphosate exposure yet. Right. Um, and by the way, Super D, my wife is so proud of you and your wife about mm. the changes impending that you're talking about for the new year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I want to send them a care package. I'm like, don't keep sending them care packages. He's not gonna... <laughs> You're all save some stuff for us, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I'm teasing him, Cora. I'm happy every time she goes, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So anyway, be on the lookout for something. I don't know when, all uh, right. but it'll, it'll be in relation. Have you tried any pickles yet? No, I haven't opened up the pickle jar. Okay. I want to do that. Could it be, would it be cool to do it live on one of our weekday shows? Sure. Just so I can uh, have a genuine experience with it. I, so I, I can... hope, I hope it's good. I can't imagine knowing how good your your wife is. It's making yeah. things amazing. I I'd just be shocked if it, if it was like anything but awesome. So right. unless your wife says don't do it, don't let him do it. No, but that's what I'm thinking because right, you know, sure, yeah. I, there were some people eat pickles during Thanksgiving. I don't know. I'm just not. That's not what I'm thinking. Pickles. Uh, so. yeah, you know, like the little the little bowls, right, with the yeah. olives and the. Well, and we, we did. That. Yeah, we did yeah. that. We had olives, and mm-hmm. I don't think we had pickles. Though. I think it was olives and uh, pickled beets. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty typical. Yeah. So, so all right. Go. So let's let's get to ten questions for Robert Scott Bell. Now, what I what I did, my goal here is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if, for people that have been watching the, or, or listening, watching and listening mm-hmm. the show, we all know kind of your story and you know things that happened to you as you grew up and you know and your the challenges that you made. I was like, let's let's talk about maybe some things. We'll throw in some things here that maybe you have not been asked before, which all I right, think that- might be. Might be, makes me nervous. might be kind of fun here. So, and, and I'll just say right now that in the event that we run out of time before we're done here, we're going to yeah. continue going. And if you want to hear it, you can tune into the podcast and, and, and oh, catch I thought the we, end could, we could finish it up on the AMA this Wednesday, no, 29th. No, we're just going to knock it all out right now. All right. All right. So 10 questions for Robert Scott Bell. We'll start off with maybe some more serious stuff right now. So here's a question for you. Um, what emerging trend or innovation in whatever you want to call it, alternative health, mm-hmm. uh, natural health, are you most excited about right now? Ooh, man, that's an interesting question. Dude, where'd you come up with that? Oh, come on. All right. Let's make uh, it different here. 
Yeah, it is uh, different. What uh, do you think about the FDA? No, we're not going to well, ask that no. question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, and I don't know if it's innovative because it's kind of like they're late to the game, but seeing many doctors and so-called scientists from the allopathic side of the realm really looking deep into the mirror now and saying, man, that evidence-based medicine stuff we thought was evidence-based, we really were duped on that. It was all propaganda. People waking up. Yeah, so, you know, the innovation I see are these doctors and scientists coming back to the scientific method, recognizing that science isn't religion. It shouldn't be. It isn't even a belief system. It's a method by which you uh, uncover how the world really works mm. or you, you attempt to. And so in acknowledging that, you acknowledge that the, the bulk of the so-called scientific literature showing this or that or the other relating to drugs and vaccines is is decimated when the doctors and scientists begin to look at it that way, finally, not just uh, parroting the, you know, the propaganda that they've been uh, told all, over the you know, generations. Now, is that a genuine innovation? As I said, it's just well, and, and the, the question also said emerging trend. So I would yeah. say that's that definitely emerging an emerging trend. trend. Yeah. yeah. And, and innovation, again, I think innovation in terms of doing something new or taking something old and making it better, it's an innovation. And, and that's why I sort of went there because I'm like, they're innovating. How are they innovating? Well, they're looking back at the scientific journals and saying, man, it's not right. Something's wrong here. And so we've got to innovate maybe back to origin, if you will. So I, I think that's a genuine trend that has me very intrigued. And, and yet at the same time. And you could thank COVID for that, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. Yep. No, nothing else could have done this that I know of. Uh, and some, some people might say, well, Robert, you shouldn't be you know excited about that because that means, you know, people are going to be saying the things you've been saying for decades, but it was never about me having an exclusive monopoly on this. In <laughs> fact, the reason I've been saying all this stuff is so that more people would figure it out. Right. That go, was the mission, right? Right. And that, you know, yeah. so you get here and that's the funny thing about, well, what will you say now? And I, for some reason, I'm not concerned at all about that. There's always, you know, just like when you throw stories at me. It, 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 it sparks something in me to cover it in a way that I don't believe other people necessarily look at it. So for right. whatever reason, the stuff translates through me differently. And, and I don't know that it's better or worse, but it's intriguing enough that some of y'all are around for a while. And maybe some of you are newly joined in the Robert Scott Bell show. You think, well, that's pretty cool. I never thought of that. Never considered that. Uh, so that's my response to that question that I had no idea you were going to ask. Yeah, well, that's all right. I mean, this, this yeah. is, this is good stuff. Um, all right. So this, this, this question I, I, I like because it, 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 I think it's definitely something that, that we don't talk about much on the show. So what do you believe is the biggest misconception or challenge facing the alternative health community today? Oh boy, dude, you did some homework on this. You don't make the things that I can just kind of go. No. Yes or no? Well, no. I want. I want. No, we're gonna we're gonna challenge you a little bit here. Um. All right. The Ask biggest the misconception. Again. Biggest mis misconception. Buying some time here. Biggest misconception that we have to overcome. Uh, believe it or not, I I think that there's a large segment of our community, if we talk about alternative or natural medicine or integrative medicine, that hasn't considered the danger of allowing uh, licensure to continue as a basis for which. Uh, healthcare is delivered, you know, through what we call licensed practitioners. Uh, and, and that would dovetail into uh, the third-party payer insurance schemes that are out there. 
And I think that there's still a number of what I'd call our friends, so to speak, that perceive if we could only be licensed like them and or covered by insurance, that then it'd be fair, then it'd be happening, then everybody would have access to this stuff. And I think there, and there's enough in the patient population, the client, the people that would go to these doctors that still perceive that, well, I need to make sure that they're licensed and I need to make sure that they have insurance so that I can actually go and afford it. And I, I think that's a huge mistake moving forward because it's the same trap that happened for now the allopaths have figured it out late in the game during COVID again, particularly that they found that that was a controlling mechanism to limit the innovation coming back to that first question, fascinatingly enough, that ended up biting them in the aspirin. So for holistically inclined doctors and non-doctors alike, if you think that you can do it better, it's kind of like socialism doesn't work because they haven't done it right yet. Or I wasn't in charge yet because I can make socialism work, which is a you know a failed political ideology simply because it it destroys or dis, disengages from you know basic human uh, inclinations or desires to exceed basic uh, mediocrity or less to do better to, to again to innovate. And so the idea here, I think, is not looking back and going, we should do it like them, but we can do it better and we can succeed where they failed is to recognize the failure of the system itself. And this is where we're seeing a lot of good things too, right? Because many are not falling into that trap and they are innovating and saying, we're going to set up a parallel or a different track that doesn't do the same thing those other systems have done before. So it's not all bad news, but it's just an acknowledgement of that's the missing part of a lot or a big chunk of people that have grown up in the healthcare system that, that we wrongly call healthcare in our lifetime and even in the United States. So the misconception is that I need to be licensed in order to be able to be a good practitioner or a good uh, healer or something. Well, well that, yeah, that, that and covered by insurance, which one leads to okay. the other, right? Because insurance typically doesn't cover people who aren't licensed. There's a whole, again, it's a trap, it's a scheme, gotcha. it's all of these things, these elements that come together for that. Yeah. Damn, I got an eyelash in my eye. Oh, man, that's got to so you don't need to see a licensed eyelash remover. Let's see uh, if I can read with one eye here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was. You bad started timing. off pretty serious. I okay. Guess. All right. Uh, how about this? Where? Okay. Now let's let's talk about the health freedom movement because this is something that that you know we have been a part of for. I mean, you know, I've been a part of before I was. I, I think um, it's like at this point, my gray hair shows, I think I founded the hey. health freedom movement. No, I didn't found it. I did not found it. I've, I've interviewed people that were around back in the early 20th century that when they were still alive and not a lot of them have obviously passed from this place and kind of passed the torch on to all of us uh, to do what they started all right. long ago. Long, and there's long, been long quite ago. an evolution, right? Yeah. I mean, in the health freedom movement over the, over the, the, you know, the last 20, what, some odd years, 25 years that you've been on the air. Yeah. And it's been so... Here, here's my question: Where, where do you see the health freedom movement heading in the next decade? Wow! All right, so it, you got you got questions that build on on one another, and I don't know if you intend to do that. I it, never intend to do that; it just happens. <laughs> well, I'm not that, that smart. I'm not really. <laughs> but it, it's something about you that's got you wired in a way that you know what I call little miracles happen in the way you. Even even when you 
approach the show and 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 bring you know articles for me to review and talk about on the air whether i review them or not <laughs> but how they all tend to fit together and you go i didn't mean to do that i'm like dude well whatever it's coming through you in that way which is amazing uh so if i talk about the what what is the future of the health freedom movement the next decade where do you see it heading uh, i i suppose man there's a lot of layers to that question you know one of course is related to the uh, uh, what I'd say the inevitable bankruptcy of uh, the system as it exists today, not only morally and spiritually, but financially, that it's untenable to keep paying for the things that they call health care. So if we talk about health freedom fundamentally, what does it mean? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to all of y'all? Maybe it's a little different, but it means the freedom to access the kind of care that I perceive to be appropriate for me or my family. And that would mean well outside the bounds of uh, government supplied or sanctioned or licenses, we call it medical or other kinds of care. Uh, so would the future of the health freedom movement inevitably mean that there are more homeopaths and herbalists and naturopaths and, and lay practitioners like this is something that exists in Germany and has for a long time, chiropractors, but uh, lay practitioners, those that have gone through various trainings that are not medical, but they have. Uh, knowledge in nutrition or specific knowledge in detoxification or specific knowledge in inflammation that they can afford uh, any of us a little bit of insight to help ourselves without treating a disease. So I say, well, for instance, the Trinity School of Natural Health graduates, I see them taking on larger roles in our culture and society or, you know, the equivalents of that where more people will see the value in that and therefore decide I choose that in a time when they have been, or people who have been graduating from non-doctor, non-medical schools, have been relegated or limited uh, to the outskirts of, you know, maybe even underground movements of, you know, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to help you doing this, but I don't want everybody to know because the government, if they find out, I'm going to, you know, they're going to come and target me. Now, that's a big, uh, let's say, ask to see if that could happen because the power structure is so uh, dominating in our culture, the Western uh, mindset and the medical control of our government, that it may take that bankruptcy. So maybe that's one uh, uh, manifestation when it happens. But as long as they have the control that they have and exert it because the monetary system is still working for them somehow, even as they inflate the money supply, uh, then it might not even be in 10 years that that occurs, even though it's happening now. But at, at what level do we say we've succeeded you know, we've certainly seen a lot of victories in the last few years that are unprecedented. But what? How do we say we've succeeded when anybody can hang their shingle and 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 you know work in healthcare? And it's outside of again a system of of dominance, control, and monopoly. Mm -hmm. Then I say, you know, that would be the health freedom movement made manifest that we genuinely have a free market for healthcare and and real healthcare, not just again drugs, drugs, surgery, surgery, vaccines, vaccines, chemo, chemo. When it really is competition like that. Uh, to and, that. and I would say uh, that I think that the timing is perfect right now for some people up on uh, Capitol Hill, like a Jonathan E. Mord, or some of the people yeah. already are like a Thomas Massey right. or a uh, you know Rand Paul to champion some legislation that would start opening the doors. Uh, that have been closed this entire time for people like homeopaths and naturopaths and stuff like that, because uh, I think there's a, there's a, an environment for it right now mm -hmm. that I think would be uh, that, that 
that something like that could work. Yeah, where you you could you could open the floodgates a little bit more, uh, and in medical freedom, health freedom, that's something especially the Republican Party seems to be championing mm-hmm. right now. And I think it would be interesting to see somebody propose some legislation, you know, on on that, uh, you know, on that premise that you know mm-hmm. that we need more freedom, right? Because right. I think there, I think that's it's it's um, it might be good timing for that. I well, guess and we'll you talk see, about Emord getting into the Senate. Yes, you would have federal legislation be proposed. Definitely, a lot of it would be to curtail the freedom that has been lost. I say curtail the freedom, the freedom that's suppressed, if you will, right. you know, allow that to come back out. And and I think on the state level, if we talk about Tenth Amendment concepts, where where a state, one state, would get you know a lot of freedom people into office and having a governor that's willing to do it would say, let's kick the feds out and stop, you know, doing things that they say we have to do because they don't have the authority officially under the Constitution to do it. And then declare yourself a health freedom state. Like right now, you know, I've done some, some, uh, actually I've done a show. Remember I did a show for Mexico last year, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was, and it was in a, a a medical type clinic that had naturopathy and herbalism and homeopathy. Everything was available. It was across the border in Tijuana. Yep. So a lot of people go for medical tourism. I'm going to Colombia with my kids uh, next week uh, for a week-long healing retreat where they will have chiropractors and naturopaths. I think they'll even have MDs there as well. All kinds of care and treatment. Why should we have to go to Colombia? Now, look, I'm, I, I haven't been there yet, but we, I've, we've interviewed Kimberly Overton from there, nurse, uh, and she's like was blown away by it, wants to go back. So I'm not opposed to medical tourism. But wouldn't it be nice to have the ability to do something like that in the United States, which includes what? Ayahuasca, ayahuasca, things like that. Uh, things that they prohibit here in the States officially, except, I mean, maybe some places allow it. I don't know. But think about that in terms of the future of health freedom. What if one state declared itself the health freedom state? Think of how medical tourists would they, that are leaving the country, leaving the United States, would gravitate to that state to get care and treatment that, they've never been able to access stateside unless it's been quote unquote illegally or underground. I think that would be interesting too. All right. Uh, next question. Do you think that there is potential for more of a, like a collaboration between alternative and allopathic medicine in the future? Well, I think it's already happening. I mean, when I'm, when I'm going to these conferences, regularly and i'm seeing the the shift from medical domination in terms of the people on these panels and the the people who are speaking or you know medical doctors or do's that are basically equivalent and you know they are uh, in the past have been exalted and and put up on a pedestal and maybe they've embraced that as well and and and, you know had self-congratulated etc for their uh, achievement of, of becoming flex report you know medical doctors I see already that shift and and again, an accelerated time. It's been very slow over the decades that I've been doing this, but accelerated over the last three years of COVID or so. And, and so we're seeing more and more again, homeopaths and naturopaths and chiropractors and, you know, herbalists and nurses and coming to the fore. And and it's a, it's a mixing of all of the various things. So it sort of is a a little bit of a, a dream come true. That's manifesting because how many times have I asked this question and you've heard me, you know, where are, you know, when we're talking about uh, looking at what's going on in the world of healthcare, you know, a disaster or a, a pandemic, real or imagined, where are the opportunities for homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists, et cetera, to chime in, Ayurvedics uh, and the things? And they're never invited to the table. 
by and large, they're still not invited to the so-called mainstream King Arthur table in the establishment. But we're seeing the emergence within uh, the, the realms of even medical education outside of the official control because the parallel systems are set up to say we need to search out, seek out, ask questions, and learn and teach differently. You know, we're going to the uh, uh, Tracy Slepsevic has her event uh, February 2nd, 3rd in San Antonio, and it's centered around autism, but wide variety of presenters from various medical and non-medical backgrounds, including myself as a homeopath. Now, I've been speaking at events for many years, so I'm not saying that it's unprecedented. This has never happened before. It's been happening, but I just see it happening more. And even with the Warner's events, you know, Terry and Stu Warner, uh, they have one coming up in Atlanta in March. And then following that, Tia Severino's in outside Atlanta and that in March as well. And we see the same trends occurring where it isn't just worship doctors at these events that are holistic and integrative. Uh, so uh, the, the opportunities are exponentially exploding. And I don't mean that in a bad way, in a good way for uh, various professions to come together and work with one another, respect one another for the knowledge that we have or don't have, you know, it's not denigrate for that, which we don't have as doctors like even Peter McCullough acknowledged, look, I wasn't trained in that. I don't know, but he's doing great work and, and opening up and learning things he didn't learn and being open to learn from others. So I, I see the trend is very positive. Uh, I don't mean to be, uh, what would be the, the term um, when you have that perfect, place and space they call it a not a fairy tale but um it's an ideal it's a what is it the sanctuary or something along those lines i'm, I'm struggling mm. with the word super don help me out okay i'm not together. sure where i'm not sure but i, not, I, I get what it. you're saying yeah but it's sort of like a uh probably the audience will know it. it's like why don't you just say it say it say sometimes it. the the words escape me <laughs> but maybe it'll come back i'm sure it'll come back now go oh yeah we're 10 10 uh, subjects down i'll come back to that but uh all right all right cool all yeah. right so let's say, let's let's switch gears a little bit here let's go a little more personal mm. um let's find out some things about robert scott bell that we don't that, that maybe people don't know don't need to do that um uh, but first one let's let's throw a, a hypothetical at you Okay. Because you know how much I like hypotheticals. Yeah. All right. So you're stranded on a desert island. You can only take three natural remedies with you. What would they be? Wow. Only three. That's really cool. Three natural remedies. Uh, I would have to say, can I do a, a combination of them? That's cheating. Ah. Three. Only three. Well, see, I don't think it is in, in the sense that... <laughs> If I say here, if I say Arnica is one of them. Okay. Right. But as a homeopath that's clinically trained, we make a formula of Arnica and Hypericum and Bellis and all these things together into what we call an injury or accident formula. That's what I okay. mean by that. Right. It'd be like one thing, but it's a formula. All right. right? So okay. I would say, uh, you know, a homeopathic type injury formula would okay. be a significant thing. All right. Now, so that's one. I'm going to assume that um, we have uh, uh, access to food and things in a desert right. island. Hopefully it's not too deserted. Right. But uh, if we're talking remedies, then the next thing I'm going to bring uh, is either the silver hydrosol right, mm -hmm. that we utilize or some act, some way to make it. Uh, but as a remedy, yes, to address the, uh, you know, the wounds, the, the potential overgrowth of imbalanced dysbiosis infections, that kind of thing. I would say that th those would be, you know, tending to be the acute care that can work, you know, 
as well chronically for some things. So I've got two out of three. I think you've got me. You got one more. And I got one more as far as, and they, you used the term remedy, did you not? I did. You, okay. Remedy, remedy, remedy. So we got injuries, which encompasses inflammation. We've got infection and immune stuff. And so in terms of a third layer of remedy, uh, it would have to be uh, digestive focused. I would even say um, it might be something you can make there, activated charcoal. You could take coconut husks and burn them into charcoal because charcoal can be used as a detoxifying agent for poisons and things. So you talk about acute life-threatening interventions, having something like that. Now, I could say the homeopathic drainage detox like I did like an Arnica complex. I could do that too. That would fall into play. Uh, but I, as I've learned about these things in the natural world, maybe I could make my own remedies once I'm there. So I would say, oh, gosh, I could make some of this stuff. That's why I'm just debating, do I need to bring it? Well, it would depend on what was on the island. Yeah, right? I know. I'm overthinking it. But I think about coconuts and, and right. the ability to convert them through burning them into 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 this charcoal. That would be grateful. But I think it would have to be a digestive-based uh, remedies. You like know. a can jest or something, maybe? Yeah, something along those lines yeah. because it would it would help with the liver, the gall, you know, everything digestive, which includes detoxification. So maybe a remedy like can jest would be appropriate in that case when you ask right. me that. Because I, I you see where I went in terms of acute response, thinking of what you would need that you couldn't maybe develop. I don't know. So I would say digestive focus, which would include detox, a formula like can jest would be helpful to support the liver and digestive functions. There you go. So we did three. That's not wow. bad. Wow. All right. I like it. You thought I, I would like fight it. back harder, right? I didn't know. I didn't know what but to expect. I explained how thing. I would utilize a complex remedy, but yeah. All right. So now I'm going to put you on the spot here. A homeopathic hit I haven't prepared for? Robert Scott Bell is human, everybody. Believe it no. or not. Okay. So we're going to explore Alien. that. We're going to explore the humanity here. Um, <laughs> What would you say is your guilty pleasure? Hmm. That might go against the typical alternative health lifestyle. Well, if this is something, I don't know if this is. And really, I don't want you to say organic what? chips or something. Right. Because, you know, my my initial thought is to write, to go to my organic Italian pizzas from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, oh, man, that's got wheat and cheese in it. You can't eat that. Right. And, you know, how many years. Have I, we now, now, do you normally not eat wheat and cheese? Um. You not not extensively, but um, I don't I don't go out of my way to avoid it. But it isn't also the thing I do every every day. So, All right. So when we say guilty pleasure, we have to focus on the word guilty. Yeah. Okay. The reason why they call it a guilty pleasure is because when you do it, you kind of go, ah, I know I probably shouldn't be eating this or something like that, but yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. I might pay right. for it a little bit, but you know, I just you know I'm going to give in to the temptation here. And maybe, maybe so, if it's food related, it doesn't have to no. be, it doesn't have okay. to be food related, but, well, and then the other thing we talk about, which I acknowledge, it doesn't mean a lot in the big scheme of things is I, you know, I love uh, athletics and sports. So I was raised a sports fan with my dad. Okay. Yeah. But don't say I, do, I don't, I don't go to the gym one day or something. Nobody wants to hear that crap. No, but it's, it's like taking the time to do something completely meaningless, like watch a football, baseball or basketball game. Is that a guilty while. pleasure? Really? Uh, well, I, what? the thing is guilt. All right. Now it's interesting. You bring this up. I got to throw this out there. Growing <laughs> up Jewish, there's a lot of guilt in the Jewish religion, much like the Catholic Catholic religion, right? There's guilt. And I'm like, 
guilt, you know, implies again, doing something illegal or, or immoral or unethical. And sure, I can look back at my life when we were kids and teenagers and did some stuff. I'd be going, Hmm, man, but is it something I engage in today? No. So it's sort of like, I'm trying to find uh, guilt, 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 like wearing clothes. Funny. Uh, no, uh, funny hat. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Do you have to think about it that hard to find something? Guilty pleasure. You're I mean, such a boy scout. I can consider such a boy scout. I don't mean to throw it out back at you, but is there something that, that would help me to find one? Because it might be I'm suppressing. It. Okay, let's stick with the food thing. Because you are okay. very, you're just, you are dialed in. Uh, you, eat, you eat more clean and organic, and and have a very strict um, code that you follow. Mm-hmm. But would you, I mean, do you ever like just go, ah, you know, that's not exactly the cleanest food there. But man, boy, I'll bet you that tastes good. I'm going to eat that. And then I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll make up for it. Uh, ever? I, I really can't think Never? of something like that. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I feel like I'm so boring. But the thing is, I can find well, guilty, so-called it, guilty but... pleasures in terms of food. I mean, look. We, we make organic cheesecake. You know, if right. I indulge, like if I go out to a farm to table restaurant and they have, you know, a clean pastured eggs that they made their creme brulee and they're not using GMO sugar. I'm like, I don't look at that even as a guilty pleasure because it's more of a delicacy rather than uh, a staple. And that's what I've learned along the way that you can indulge in fun things that are quote unquote, not good for you. If the quality of ingredients are there mm-hmm. that are not harmful to you, because when it's still food, your body knows what to do. It's not like, it, it, yeah, you can overindulge in it, right? If I ate two organic uh, pizzas from Italy, I would probably tax my digestive system to the point of like, oh, I feel like I got a hangover, right? Um, you know, and for even for me who doesn't drink, uh, if if somebody hands me like this, like if I'm hanging out with Judy Mikovich, right? She loves the, um, uh, what kind of beers are they? The um, not lagers or the, 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 what's the name of the various different beers out there uh, styles. Oh, she likes the IPAs. IPA. Thank yeah, you. IPA. Yeah, so I remember that. If I'm hanging out with Judy Mikovits and she's ordering IPA, I'm going to have her fill up a little bit in my glass. I'm like, I don't feel guilty about that though. I'm like, it's just a little bit of a, an indulgence in something that and when a, I was nor, younger, a non-organic IPA. Right. See, so there, there you, go. you go. All right. Yeah, you found, you we go. found it. There so, you go. All right. Um, I so you would call that a guilty? That, that, that's, I think that would qualify be as a guilty one? pleasure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it isn't an extreme like, oh my gosh, alcohol will never touch my lips. No, I don't really. Drink so now the little bit of way. glyphosate that you might be getting from that, from the yeah. the hops or the wheat or something like that, you just you just go well. You know what? I'm I'm good because I know my body is is in a, a good enough state. Mm-hmm. That it's going to reject, you know, that it's going to excrete that. I'm going to take some energy, DMG, DMG, exactly, and, and I'm going to be okay. Well, and that's the thing. It's Judy Mikovich that introduced me to the dimethylglycine that we got right. from from Nutritional Frontiers. I'm like, all right, she's given me an out. She's given me a pathway. I'm not going to take it at that moment. Are you kidding me? Yes. So like that's why I think in that in in terms of that. It's kind of uh, like when Chris Barr gave me the uh, can jest so I didn't have to do the coffee enema. Right, exactly. That's You're like, it, oh, my go. God. And, and so the thing is, you know, there are people that have uh, moral reasons to not drink alcohol, right? That they believe it's, you know, a sin, for instance. Uh, I, I don't look at it that way. I think that, you know, in terms of the Bible, people drank wine and things like that. 
the metabolites of you know alcohol is part of the Krebs cycle of digestion. So our bodies do know how to metabolize alcohol. It is technically a poison as is any metabolite. But if you you know strengthen your liver, do the things you you, you know to do, we know to do here, you can do that. Now, I will say the difference for me is when I was younger and drinking alcohol on the weekends, like you'd go out and quote unquote pound some beers to the point where you're like oblivious drunk. Uh, I, it, there was that certain point in my, and I've described it. It was my freshman year of college. You know, you're going out to do the, the, the frat parties and all that stuff. And people are drinking heavily in college. I'm like, it suddenly fell away. Mm-hmm. Like it, I was no longer interested. Now I would argue that to me, in my experience, that was part of my spiritual journey. Uh, but it, it wasn't such an extreme that like, my gosh, if alcohol touches my lips, I'm a heathen. I'm going to hell, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? The perspective yeah. I have on it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think cannabis is way better for you than alcohol, but even that can be abused. We acknowledge that too. Right. hundred percent. Yep. And there's actually new research coming out that's showing that um, overindulgence with that is not very good for you. Yeah. There are some things that, that um, some red flags on that. So, all right. So let's, let's kind of stay on the, the personal, uh, uh, track that we're on here. And why don't you walk us through your, uh, personal kind of health and wellness routine on a typical day for you. When I'm, yeah, when I'm at home and I'm more in control, you wake, of you wake up in the morning. Yeah. You I, get I, up and then what would you I say do, would be the first thing? The first thing I do is take, uh, my magnesium with echo water, right? The hundred percent whole food magnesium with echo water that starts my day. And then, uh, we'll, uh, prep uh, to uh, head to the gym uh, to go out. You know, if you need to, every day I'm brushing my teeth. I hopefully will have one of those things called a bowel movement, move it on out. Right. And I, <laughs> that's pretty much the start of the day and it won't be like the commercial you showed me like, cause that was, Oh yeah. You know what? I mean, since you're bringing it up, it was funny. Cause as uh, before Dude. we, we started recording here, yeah. I've got, I, I keep Fox news over on the site here so I can see what's going on, breaking news, what's happening mm-hmm. in Israel, et cetera. Yeah, and I looked over and I saw some cartoon thing, and it was talking about pinching. It was like pinching off a porcupine, and I'm like, "What? What? Yeah. Pinching off a, you know?" And it, and it turns out that it was for a uh, a stool softener, a laxative. Yeah, and so I had to look it up real quick here. So, and I've never heard of this product before, but it's a stool softener called Colace. And just, just, uh, you won't, if you're listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see the visual of this, but you do get the, uh, we're not advertising for it, but we're not advertising for it, but we're having a little fun with this. Check out this, this, uh, this commercial for a laxative called Colace. Colace knows going number two can sometimes feel like you pinched off a porcupine, wrestled out a wrecking ball, pushed through a pineapple (laughs) tried to pass an elephant, rolled out a watermelon, strained until you turn to shake. Oh my gosh. When pooping is painful, rely on doctor-recommended Colace to soften that stool and make it easier to go with no stimulants. Colace, for a number two, that's easy to do. It's a very creative Yay. ad. Very creative ad. And docusate sodium or something it is. Yeah. Apparently, it's a synthetic derivative of uh, Senna, which we know that uh, Senna uh, is a laxative, an herbal it can really cause you to move move things on out through. And when you played that before we went to air, mm. uh, I was like cringing and feeling it because 
that was my childhood. Right. I don't know if anybody's experienced the kind of constipation I had as a child. As I've said, I, I've talked to you guys about that I was hospitalized with constipation. That's how severe it was for me. So I acknowledge that ad is accurate. You pinched some. off a porcupine once or twice, pushed yeah, through a pineapple. Like, yeah. It's it's a painful thing. And as a kid, you don't know. It's like, why is this thing that happens that everybody's supposed to do so painful for me? Mm. And, and you know, partly was because of the liver congestion, the stuff I would learn many years later, decades, in fact, later. Uh, but hydration issues, the, the food that I was eating, all of the, you know, it wasn't organic on and on. And, and that's where, you know, the jokes about enemas come in because my dad worked for the CB fleet pharmaceutical company and, you know, in the hospital, they gave me an enema and I'm like, what the hell is this? And, you know, suddenly things are exploding out of you, but easily. And mm -hmm. it's a traumatic experience too. Uh, so for, for that commercial, I have to give them kudos to, for putting together a delicate subject in a very funny and lighthearted <laughs> way. But it also reminded me, it, yeah, when you're as severely constipated as I was as a kid, uh, you know, people were like wondering why I never smiled. I was in pain a lot yeah, of times. Well, yeah, I can imagine why that might put yeah. you in a foul mood there. Exactly. So in terms of the day, you know, moving that on out to start the day is excellent. And, and right. that's where I start. Why do I start with magnesium? For a lot of reasons. But magnesium can do what that product is doing synthetically, but naturally. And I'm not ta talking about taking magnesium to tolerance where it gives you diarrhea, but just having magnesium come in first thing in the morning and last thing at night is an important part of that. And I've, uh, you know, integrated that in a daily regimen. So I will then do, as I'm prepping for um, going to the kickboxing workout, I'll have my cardio miracle in the echo water, which is the hydrogen water my buddy Paul makes through echo technologies. And uh, usually uh, like five or even 10 minutes later, I'll do the uh, super uh, creatine from Nutritional Frontiers, also in the Echo Water. So it's kind of a one-two thing before I head to the gym, and that gets me started for a really good workout in the morning. And then I can come back, and depending on how the day is rolling, you know, it, it's reviewing some things you've sent over already, or it might be other projects I have or calls I have to make. Right. Or, or you know, that kind so, of But thing. as far as your health and wellness routine, yeah. I mean, what's the rest of the day? That's where it starts. Oh. You do the show, then then what? What what else are you doing? Uh, let's see. So we got the show. I mean, it's usually got a host of other things depending on you you're know, sipping on your tea during the show, right? I, I always got my mate and blend. Mate. Usually a dandelion uh, blend of some kind to right. support you know liver, kidney, tonic health. So show's uh, over. Yeah, but I, I know other not not like errands and running around right. and stuff like that. But I mean, as, as health and wellness goes. Okay. What other kind of supplementation are you doing throughout the day? Um, other than, you know, eating, eating clean, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my, my, my lunch is usually a combination of what the people think of for breakfast. And it's usually before we go on the air, it's later in the morning. Sometimes it's like within an hour, it's the first time I'm eating halfway through the day. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something that was part of my normal thing, but you know, I'm, I'm not hungry when I get up in the morning. I have energy. I go out and work out. I'm like, okay, when do I break the fast, you know, from nighttime to the next day? Well, when my body says it's time. Uh, and then, you know, after the show, sometimes I'm hungry, sometimes I'm not. But usually we'll have dinner later. And, you know, the supplements I take are 100% whole food for the most part. Uh, yet I'll tend to take them with my meals simply because that's when I think of putting something in me. I'm not. Now you're doing your snacking. selenium and your chromium and all that right? stuff during the selenium, day too, chromium, right? Yeah, the silica, of course, uh, 
We've got the complex whole, whole food B complex, which is really important as well. Uh, let's see what else. I'm just going through my brain here. Other things that we have in the cabinet readily at uh, essential fats might add some some more fats to it uh, if that's the case. Now, if it were a Friday, the fasting Friday it would be a different day, of course, than you know the the daily regimen other days. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as exercise, you know, they're usually in the evening. Uh, if there's time, we might just kick back and. You know, my wife and I might just kind of, all right, day's over. But I'm usually passing out by then after having worked all day. And, right. I, you know, if we're watching a show, she's like, she has to tell me what happened in it. Yeah, I, no, I, I do the same thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, why do you I, I'm so thankful that a lot of the shows we watch, it always starts off with previously on yeah, whatever it is you're I, watching. I missed right? all of that. Right? Yes. yes. Uh, now, you know, when I'm really disciplined, you know, in terms of the spiritual side, it's reading you know, spiritual type texts, things that inspire or help me to practice, you know, the uh, spiritual exercise that I talk about, just like I, you know, I focus on the f- physical exercise, but I've integrated it, that into, I don't want to say I'm, I'm awesome at it like anybody is, but it's like anything, it, it takes practice. So sitting down, disciplining your mind, uh, you might go into quiet contemplation, prayerful times, you know, try to get a 20 minute session in that's just real quiet could be in in the sauna that's the other thing we talk about the you know especially in the winter where it could be the morning could be the evening whatever but to go in the sauna and now we have the the far infrared uh the relaxed sauna from my buddy phil and he has uh told me that they're doing 200 dollars off on cyber monday which you're listening on sunday or later in the week hopefully till december 1st i think he said i remember the date but uh, RSB is the code. If you go to the Relax Sauna, we have that link. You see the commercials for it. Uh, so that's another practice for health, and especially in the winter where it's harder to get up a sweat. And I think sweating is so very important. Easy to do in the summer, getting out in the sun and sweating. So that's another daily practice, more or less, in the winter that I do when it's cold to really push the fat soluble toxins, the various exposures, heavy metals, things like that, out of my system. All right. Uh, so that's another thing. All right. We're making pretty good time here. We've got about 10 okay. minutes left here. And oh I got, my three, gosh, I got really? three questions for you. Did we go through seven already? Yeah, we've gone through seven. Wow. Got three left here. So let's see if we can get through these here. So um, here, here's a fun question. Okay. Uh, who in the field of alternative health, it could be past or present, mm-hmm. do you most admire and why? Well, from the past, it's easy, easy. It's, it's Nick Gonzalez, you know, over the uh, years that I've been doing this, you know, he was a hero to me as I read about this man, this physician, this medical doctor who had accomplished so much in overcoming cancer in his patients without resorting to chemo radiation or surgery and had, had, had been attacked so viciously at a time where, you know, there wasn't a lot of people awake to this, like post COVID the things he was doing as a physician. So, so intelligent, so committed, so passionate and very spiritually oriented in his life as well. Very big believer in God and, 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 you know, how he got his guidance, which I appreciate and respect so much. Uh, so I would say from the past, what he did uh, only strengthened my resolve. Not that uh, I didn't have this, you know, similar bent. In fact, you know, the stories we had in our backstories were quite similar too. although I didn't go into medicine. He did. Uh, but in terms of my journey to it, and, and willingness to withstand all the barbs that were thrown at me, although I think it was a fraction to me compared to what he did as a physician to, to be able to push forward uh, with cancer therapies that were not, you know, p- sanctioned by the government, to push as hard as he did to get it studied and tested, even though they sabotaged it. Uh, that, for me, is from the past perspective. Now, 
from a current perspective, I've got a number of folks that I'm just, I don't say if enamored is the right word, but I've just enjoyed thoroughly making these connections with these uh, practitioners that have that level of integrity and, and, and a strong desire to learn constantly. To me, that's, that's the, so it's such an exciting part of this journey is that, uh, you know, I know a lot about a lot. And so it takes a lot to break through my, I will say this skepticism about new things, right? People will approach me about something new, a breakthrough, and I'm very skeptical before. I don't just jump right on it. It takes a while. And, and people know that, like the Cardio Miracle took a couple of years, John Hewlett, he, and even Bob Reorin with his commitment to doing excellent work with the folium. It, it takes me a while to absorb and then really go, okay, what is this? And, and then be able to tell you all about it and be enthusiastic as well. Uh, or, or, you know, my new friend, I'd say newer friend, Brian Artis, along with uh, Dr. Ely, who I, I really respect. Of course, I've known Dr. Group for a long time, and we had Janice Schmidt and met her you know, more recently. That group of docs is phenomenal. And what they're bringing, they are certainly pushing the envelope. I mean, with Brian Artis bringing out something that is so, I mean, he got tatered by everybody, even all the holistic people when he started coming out with uh, what he perceived to be snake venom peptide relations and all uh, how it was being manifested, all of that. And yet he stood his ground, not because he was being righteous about it, just because, hey, look, this is what I'm finding out, and please tell me where I'm wrong, and I'm willing to look at it. So that, that level of intellectual integrity, even though it's pushing the envelope before far beyond where you or I might even be willing to go initially, and, and there's still a lot to be worked out in that realm. But I, I respect those people immensely for their willingness to, to, to not take the easy path, because it'd be a hell of a lot easier to not to bring up something so radical and, and champion it not for necessarily your greatest benefit, especially if you're looking for accolades. Um, you know, people have succeeded much better than I have or we have even economically because they have a better business mind and they're, they're interested in that. You and I, were, we were talking about this before going on the air as well yeah. <laughs> about how many things you could monetize, you know, being on the air and having a following like I have and we have, yet I, it just doesn't excite me as much as, yeah, we'd like to be supported to be able to care for our families and things like that. But there are people that are so driven business-wise. And I respect it. I mean, that's just another part of the journey here as soul inhabiting a body on earth. Uh, but I'm just grateful for those that are willing to ride with us and support us in the little bit that they do to help us do this and continue to share this and even give me a place where I can answer these questions from Superdon. <laughs> All right. Two questions left here. So um, here, here's a question. What book not necessarily related to health hmm. has significantly impacted your life. Oh man. <sighs> what book? Is it too hard? Cause is, is one hard? It, to... it, this is really, you know, the reason why this is so hard because to say I've read hundreds of books is not an, it may be more than that, but again, my deep dive into a lot of these things started when I was way young before I knew anything right. about anything. So without thinking about right. it too much, what's the first book that comes to your mind that, that, that you just remember it was, it had, it had a significant impact on your life. Um, Doesn't matter say, when partway yeah. through the journey. Yeah. I would say that the body electric by Dr. Robert Becker. Okay. It opened up a whole other realm from my homeopathic training into electrical and energetic realities that I sort of gravitated toward and didn't, uh, you know, deny, but it really 
grounded it in, in scientific validation for me to take that next step in terms of therapeutics of a metallic level. You know, if we talk about silver, how I, I then became someone who uh, has been lecturing around the world on some of these subjects that I didn't know much about, even though I had already become fairly adept in, in the homeopathic realm and lectured around the world in that. So I, I think that's what comes to mind initially when you ask that question. There are certainly others, but as I said, that's a tough question to answer because there are a lot of books for a lot of reasons. I would say, man, this had a big impact on me. But the body electric was significant. It changed things for you. Yeah, it you definitely opened up a whole other realm and pathway for me that has been greatly benefited for my 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 wife, my my kids, especially being able to raise them without drugs. Uh, that was a significant leap. All right. Final question. Wow. I saved the best for last year, but I, I think this is a cool question. Um, I know you're a very humble person, but do your best to answer this question. Oh, I humble brag all the time, though. I, I know you do. All <laughs> right. So here's the question. Mostly about the gym. Years from now, what do you hope that people mm. will say about your contributions to the world of health freedom and alternative medicine? Well, I I guess that he had integrity. I mean, that to me, as we've talked about our, our journey here, not selling out for for any reason, for anything, that even if it was inconvenient, and, and made life harder. He's like, he didn't, he wasn't swayed to, to go off of that path of, you know, trying to do what is right. And I know that people have different, maybe perspectives on what is right, what's wrong. Uh, but that I was committed to live the, the things that I believe to the greatest extent I could at the time. And I'm sure I'll, I can look back and go, well, I could have done better here, here, and here. And I think that may be true for all of us, but that I didn't abandon that principle or the principles associated are surrounded by, let's start with, you know, having integrity, you know, not selling out, not deceiving others for gain or profit, anything like that. Uh, so that's what comes to mind first. I don't know if that's grandiose or minuscule, but that's kind of the, the thing that uh, I value very much. All right. Well, thank you very much. You did. I did. Where's the applause button? Yay. <laughs> that's the first time we've ever done that. That is the first time we've ever done that. I was like, I was a little intimidated by what yeah. went. I was like, I had the idea you could interview me, but I was just kind of joking about it. I didn't mm -hmm. near, really expect you to go, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. And there it was, a Sunday conversation uh, between me and Super D, turning the tables on me, though. There so, you go. We got a couple of minutes left. Uh, is there we any do. So just want to mention, yeah, just want to mention that uh, the the there were uh, black there were some Black Friday specials. I sent an email out um, on Friday, mm -hmm. but there's some stuff that's going through uh, for Cyber Monday. I think maybe I'll send another email out. Maybe okay. Um. Uh, so we want to make sure that you guys get a chance to get you know take advantage of the deals on some of the stuff that we talk about here and the stuff that you're already already using excuse me mm -hmm. um and then some of those specials i think are running until like the end of the month too it's like until right. the 30th so make sure that you take advantage of those i'll try and keep the page on the website updated and by the way i have gotten everything updated on the website finally seriously yeah fast, dude. it took yeah it took a little bit but i was i was a little bit pre uh, prepared because i knew what was going on <laughs> what's going on with the dog yeah, so they have to the make door. their presence known. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. Our journey to, to migrate the site from GoDaddy to SiteGround was a lot more complicated. It always is, I guess. 
Uh, and yeah, in doing so, we lost the whole month of November on the site and you had to work through the holiday weekend, which we're just now wrapping up yep. to catch it up. And you've even caught up on the homeopathic homeopathic hits. Yep. Indeed. All right. Well, one thing I will mention is a thank you. If you guys want to say thank you to both me and super D for anything, consider becoming patron supporters, Patreon supporters. And we have our Wednesday event, which is our monthly zoom AMA. And that is going to be Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. 29th. After the show, it's the 29th of, of November. And you can join us live on Zoom. And it's a fun community we've we've uh, helped to grow, and you guys are part of it. And you can access as well the various freebies or, or bonus things that are given to the patron supporters. And again, still getting some nice comments. We'll talk more about comments and questions of the day this week uh, on the presentation I did for Healing Strong. It was a lecture I'd never really given, and and I, the, the response has been great. Also, we did get a response, and I knew that I would. I was just wondering what kind. You know, I've talked about dropping hints about reincarnation stuff, and we had a big response from one person, but very respectful, which I appreciate yeah. very much. We'll cover and, that stuff on Monday. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit some of those things on Monday's show as well. So more questions that come in. You can submit your questions of the day anytime live or at the website, robertscottbell.com. You can become a, a newsletter subscriber for free by texting RSB to 66866, 66866. And uh, you'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll be in. So thank you for being here. All right. Well, thank you, Robert Scott Bell, for being a guest on your show. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, more fun and games on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yeah, power to squeal is yours, especially when Super Don's asking me questions. There you go. <laughs>